0: This week in League, Jamie Soward heads out west to enjoy a saucer of oak milk. Ray
1: Hadley doesn't think David Smith is much of a CEO three-quarter. We discover that the Rep in Rep Weekend stands for Repugnant. And we preview all of the action for Round 7 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in League.
0: Welcome to episode 117 of This Week in League. I'm Nate and I'm Glenn
1: and you're losing your voice. I'm fucking losing I'm
0: losing my voice. It fucking it happens it happens once a season pretty much but um yesterday I was struck down by I think something I ate for breakfast. Um you know when you got the eggs and you go to cook up the eggs you should always get a jug of water and put the eggs in the jug of water and see if they float or sink first. Yes. And you know cuz then if you saw that maybe one of them might have floated then you realize might have made you sick.
1: I've only ever had food poisoning once and it was yeah. from eggs. Yeah. I don't know. I I've never been so fucking sick in all my life.
0: Yeah, see I don't I wouldn't I don't know if this is like full fledged food poisoning because usually that knocks you out for a couple of days. But um literally I was fine in the morning, had breakfast, you know, pretty early, like before seven, all good. I was actually about to go for a run at about ten thirty and I was about to hit some supplements and everything before I went and then I had a big drink of water, like probably about five hundred mils of water and I was just like oh fuck that went right down to the bottom fuck I'm starving I might have a banana or something before I go and I sort of just sort of stretched just to you know just because my guts was like it was just you know it's like you know, having a water on empty stomach feeling but I was like fucking hang on a minute went in the bathroom fucking power spew awesome three power spews in a row followed by another seven followed by another five in the period of about an hour so how'd your run go didn't end up doing the run. Oh wow! Ended Soft. up ended, ended up Soft. run ended up running uh, running straight to bed to, to sleep for about four <laughs> hours, and then I wake up and then um then I thought it was dinner time. I'm like oh don't I was sipping on Hydrolite for you know a couple of hours from about three o'clock in Yarbo, and um that wasn't coming back up. So I'm like okay, and then so dinner time came around. I'm like well I'm gonna I'll have some dinner, and I thought I'll just have a little bit. And I'm like ah oh, fuck it, I'm just gonna stuff myself because I'm starving. And if I'm going to spew, whether I have a little bit or a lot, I'm going to spew anyway. So, you oh, know. Spoken like a <laughs> speaking like a true bulimic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going to spew anyway, and it didn't it didn't come up, so uh, it was all good and uh, yeah, happy days, and, and I'm fine now. So, but from all from you know what, 15 or 17 power spews, all that acid coming back up the other way is is parched my vocal cords and they're not the best at oh, the moment. So poor you. So, yeah. Anyway,
1: I'm sure no one cares, let's get on with the show. Because um, okay. I certainly don't care.
0: Um. Just want to give a shout out to Tiger underscore Benji, I'll give a shout out to a lot of people actually, um, sent us YouTubes and all this sort of stuff of Tom Waterhouse uh, talking about the City Country game and, uh, you know, dropping an inadvertent C-bomb, but the... Biggest shout-out goes to Tiger underscore Benji because he actually sent us an audio file of it and uh, emailed it over. So, thank you, sir. Now, <clears throat> he's quite technically gifted, that boy, for a git. He is, isn't he? I mean, remember he did, like, a, a best-of episode at the end of Season 1, and, you know, yeah. and then he dropped the ball in Season 2, Season 3, and... Lives in Alstonville yeah. via Toowoomba. Yeah, and, and like, Alston, Alstonville's just, like, what? It's just, like, Lismore East? Yeah. Pretty much? Lower Lismore. Lower like Lismore, cool. yeah. yeah. Um, but, if it's you Like, going
1: from fucking... Campbelltown to South Campbelltown really
0: <laughs> that's the fucking dumbest <laughs> do you want to have another crack at that
1: yeah I was trying to think of a really redneck town but but worse but that didn't involve Toowoomba oh, okay and uh, that's all I could come up with
0: are oh, you say you like going from like you know like you know Woodridge to a or something like that
1: yeah that's that's not too bad but it, it's not so much redneck that's just violence and crime
0: yeah I don't know. We'll come back to that. Don't know much of the redneck areas. But anyway, um, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Tom Waterhouse uh, dropping the, uh, sort of dropping a C-bomb. I mean, not really, but, you know, Twitter lit up about it, and, you know, they really loved it, so... Everyone jumps all over uh, Tom, every time. And he fucking deserves it, rightfully so. Yeah. And, um, well, actually, we don't have it in the news, but you see that um, the... The, the government's cracking down on advertising for yes. gambling even more tightening the screws. Yeah, to the point where he'll pretty much be eradicated from the broadcasts. And um I wonder if he gets a refund on that fifteen million or whatever it was that he paid to be like, you know, a a significant part of the broadcast. Probably Does he not. pay
1: that per season? Because um, 'cause wasn't it like a fifty million dollar <clears throat> package or something? Yeah,
0: yeah, but then that was to the NRL to be the, the gambling Supplier, right. but then to channel nine there was an additional fifteen which was okay. to get him in the coverages and stuff like that. But anyway, um looks like fuck off Tom's working a treat. And actually had an email from Scott who sent us the you know, who did the shirts up and everything like that. He sent an email said, I've got more pictures of those if you want me to send them <laughs> over. So um I will get them and I'll get them up on the Facebook and everything because the people seem to really like them. But the C bomb went a little something like this. Well I'm looking forward to Sunday's game, City vs Country. City versus Country—it's always a close affair between these two sides. Only two games in the last nine years have been decided by more than ten. So there you have it, Tom Waterhouse, yeah, you, Tom. filthy, filthy, dirty mouth. Kiss your mother without mouth, Tom. <laughs>
1: of course you do every morning.
0: News, okay, um, quick fire stuff, and I don't have the person's name this week, and it's not someone who we're going to dedicate the clock to, but someone messaged us on Facebook, and I, I should look the guy up and give him credit, because he's an absolute, he's a genius and a gentleman as well. And a scholar. But, and a scholar, and a scholar as well, and uh, and a true super fan of the show as well. He sent us a message, Jacob Curran is his name, and uh, he is... Um, Sent us a message on Wednesday last week. So just after the show last week came out. Hey guys, just want to say I love the incessant ticking clock that has no apparent time limit on this week in Game of Thrones. I recommend the show wherever I can. Keep up the good work. So um, because he was nice about the clock, it's not dedicated to him. I mean, we usually save that for the haters. Yes. But yeah. uh in any case, thanks for that. And uh the time starts now. This is a short story. Only reason it's short is because it happened almost immediately after the show came out last week, so it's a bit old to really talk about in depth. Jamie Soward goes to Penrith. Four-year deal. Four-year deal. Do you remember? Do you remember what happened when that deal was announced? <laughs> I sent you a text. Yes. <laughs> I think it was through a workday. Yes. <laughs> and I sent you an SMS. And uh, where did it go? Um, it said all capitals. Panthers signed Sauer to a four-year deal. LOL, fucking retards. And to which you replied, LOL, <laughs>
1: <laughs> It was definitely the funniest thing I've heard that day, and I don't think I've heard anything funnier since. It's uh, a strange one. Uh, Gus and Ivan Cleary had sort of given the impression that they were building something out there at Penrith and, and attracting a, a certain... Uh, Character of player and and, and, and signing Sourd flies in the face of all of that. Um, but a lot of people ragging on Luke Walsh and, and rejoicing, yeah, yeah. Um, rejoicing at signing Sourd.
0: But you had like you had you had phases like the initial Penrith. There were a lot of Penrith people in the initial. Well, the initial Dragons reaction was, "Oh my God, no!" And Penrith people were like, the initial reaction was like, "Oh my, oh my God, God, no!" no. <laughs> and then. Then the dragons people are still kind of like, oh no, poor Jamie, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking cry. But um, then the Penrith people initially they're like, well fuck, we got this guy's for four years, we have got to deal with this guy. And so then they start talking him up, going, oh yeah, he's a great, you know, sucking sucking gut he's on a the ball. Good runner.
1: Balls. I saw someone say he's a good runner of the ball. Uh, he's got a good kicking game. Sounds a bit like Luke Walsh. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that Jamie Sow's running game is any. Better or worse than Luke Walsh's. And he's and
0: just, just looking, looking uh, Gus's nuts as well, going, Oh, you know, great pickup Gus, you're doing great things, you've got great great vision for the club and blah blah blah. And oh uh, mate, I didn't think that Sow had, had another four years in the NRL, I'll be perfectly honest. I thought he might have even go to England next I year. I think but... you're
1: hundred percent correct. Um, was Gus involved when Sow was at the Roosters? Was Gus involved when Sal uh, Sal was arsehole arsehole? In him?
0: Yeah. I, I I would I would assume if he wasn't, it I must be close. I know Ricky Stewart close. wasn't a big fan, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Gus was overseeing Ricky, wasn't he? For a portion at of for At least for a part something. of it, yeah. So it's possible. I mean, if you know, if, if we were professionals, we'd go maybe back and look really at the Maybe he really hates timing. him. Yeah, maybe.
1: Maybe he really hates him just signing a four-year deal and playing him in Reggie's every week. Not that it bothers Jamie.
0: That'd be funny. That'd be very, yeah, he wouldn't of oat
1: milk and lots of cash, by the sound of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ray Hadley spraying David Smith. With... Just his usual bullying shit calling him. Yeah, calling him a dunce. no no, calling him a dunce and you know basically firing up and saying he was shit house. I think Ray Hadley can just fuck off really. Yeah, well since when does Ray Hadley's opinion matter? Especially when it's come out and like it's so it's so known what a just what a fuckhead bully he is and you know, just tries to throw his weight around everything, thinks he's the fucking king of everything. I mean, David Smith, especially after today's press conference... Did you watch that press conference with no. the Greenberg thing? After that, today's I press read conference... I um, excerpts from him. I mean, he was... Like, Smith was fired up, and he was fucking great. He was a dude that was in control. Um, and, you know, so basically, on the Hadley side... We'll get to the Greenberg thing. But on the Hadley side of things, just fucking shut the fuck up, Ray. I mean, you, you, you're you not you're barely a commentator three-quarter. No one... I mean, you know, people turn off games that he's commentating. He's been
1: suckling on the NRL's teat for... A lot of years now, A
0: very and, long time.
1: I mean, let's let's not forget, let's not bite the hand that feeds you, mate. At the end of the day, like your talkback yeah. radio gig, came as a result of your um, continuous call mm-hmm. presence, um, you know. And quite frankly, as far as TV goes, I'm not cutting the mustard as far as I'm, I'm concerned.
0: No, it's just it's just tiresome and um and he'll probably consider this this, this Greenberg thing a, a win for him even though it's like been over a month in the making. Sure. Yeah, you know, just fuck with. Uh just another quickly, uh Dave Taylor back for the Titans. Oh, he keep him there
1: forever, they need to get value for money and um you know, he got his got the rap over the knuckles and um you know, back to running the touchy touchline.
0: Had the opportunity to watch him uh playing in the um Queensland Cup or whatever it's called. Uh and what, Who do you run around for? Oh, whoever Tweed, uh, okay. whoever the feeder is. Um, what a lazy fucking fat touchy he is, even at that level. But the thing is, he was so fucking lazy, he still dominated those two, yeah. <laughs> and he still dominated them. So um, yeah, there's just no incentive to. You know, and David May, since he's brought him back into the side again after he served his little two-week penance, uh, he said that um, oh, you know, he tips him for you know returning to representative football. Right, just did like
1: he that. Spend a couple of weeks on the
0: sideline. Yeah, just like that. And did he actually have two two games off, or was he had two weeks off? Because I reckon he had the weekend and the rep rep weekend. Yeah. So he's kind of dodged a the bullet there, yeah. anyway. He really only had one week off, anyway. But in any case, we'll stop the clock right there and get into the biggest stories. And the first one, the biggest story, happened today as we record the show. And I'd just like to say, um, very appreciative of uh, of of that bald headed fool for doing it today because normally all the news happens on Wednesday after the show's been released and we're like fuck we can't do anything about it but Greenberg brought it forward uh, you know keeping this show in mind so for that I thank him Um, and Dave Smith today overhauled rugby league structure and he appointed Canterbury CEO Todd Greenberg as head of football which is a uh, pivotal moment in the game's history, according to Dave Smith. Um, he restructured the NRL into seven management categories, all reporting to himself, You know, Smith, who in turn reports to the ARL Commission. The categories are football, which will be run by Greenberg, finance, yet to be filled. I think the, the finance one is actually going to be um, filled by the... Uh, Oh, no, it's not. No, he's a C- COO. My mistake. So finance is yet to be filled. Operations is yet to be filled. Corporate affairs and community yet to be filled. Marketing, digital and content. Commercial, which will be run by the former director of marketing, commercial, Paul Kind. And strategy investment to be run by former interim CEO, Shane Matisk. Um So. What happened to McGurk? McGurk is the only person, I believe, who was demoted by this new plan. And what's he doing now? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh,
1: cleaning Lockhart over toilets.
0: Possibly. Um, looks a little bit like... So they're going to take undertake a national and international search uh, to fill the remaining roles and hinted that they are unlikely to be filled internally. Greenberg has been secretly negotiating a deal with the NRL for several weeks and informed the Bulldogs of his decision only late yesterday. Uh, blah, 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 games talk executive. Jeez, yeah. Uh, and he said, I have consistently said... Yeah, he's, a, he's a fucking soundbite machine, and this is one of his biggest ones. That he, he said it three times in the press conference, at least by my count. I've consistently said rugby league has more blue sky in front of it than any other code. Blue sky is his thing. I'm excited about the opportunity in front of me. I want to try and make a difference to the game. Smith also created a new role of chief operating officer to be filled by former New Zealand rugby league boss Jim Doyle, who apparently... According to the media, is a is a very good operator, and people seem to like him, which means he probably talks to the media because I think that that drives a lot of the, you know the shit that the media say as well, like how the relationship is with the actual guy. Oh, of course. Uh, Smith said that these appointments are a coup for the NRL and great vote of confidence in our future. And he was at great pains and he did it at the start of the press conference and he did it at the end and he made it very, very clear. And the quote was, let me make this crystal clear. These are my plans and my appointments. The commission had been consulted on the plans and had been very supportive of the changes being made. And, um, yeah, and he, and he said it actually, that's, that's a really brief version of it because he did reiterate over and over that, you know, he came in, he's had a couple of months in the job, he's identified what the, what the, uh, the organization requires, so then, he this is his recommendations to make these roles because there's a lot of speculation in the, in the morning. Oh, Todd Greenberg is going to be the deputy CEO, and yeah. you know it's not going to be long now before the asshole all made out. But he seemed very much in charge and um, He's very clear very, plan.
1: Very highly credentialed man in the business world. Yeah, and that's um, what and that's
0: what he said. He said, like, look, I'm I I need to bring you know great people around me to you know to get the job done." And, like anyone in that role would. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when when asked about you know. You know it's being groomed to take over or whatever Greenberg was like, "Oh no, you know this is an opportunity for me as well to learn from a guy who's achieved you know tons of stuff in you know in the business world blah 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 so." So, yeah, um, he's not going to take up the position for three months. He's going to be the Dogs until then, and uh, he's going to help out with, the, I guess, the recruitment process and uh, of, of a new CEO and the handover and all that sort of thing. I mean, you know, you could say to make it go smoothly, but let's face it, the Dogs are a club in crisis and in a shambles at the moment. So players are bewildered. The players are bewildered, and uh, Greenberg's left the place, you know, considering they had the, you know, the Coffs Harbour thing and, you know, salary cap problems and Spoon... Uh, Arguably, he's going to leave the place in a worse condition than he found it.
1: <laughs> You're such a bitter fool. Um, Greenberg is, is by far the best administrator. Bullshit. In the uh, in the game at the moment, um, I think he's, he's taking up what is that's media bullshit. With... I reckon, Shut in my opinion. up! I'm trying to talk. Go on. Let the big people talk.
0: Go on. Go on, suck his... His, suck, on his, suck
1: on his balls. <laughs> Just speaking how I feel, Nathan. What has he achieved? Uh... Have a look at the way he's turned Canterbury's fortunes around. They made the grand final last year. Huge success off the field financially. How many premierships has he um, delivered them? The way he's... That, that's a ridiculous statement. The way that he uh, handles the media, and, and as you say, that goes a long way towards um, filling these sorts of roles um, in high-profile sporting bodies. But the way he handles the media, the, the way he... Um, you know he has protected the players in with some of the issues that have gone on with Canterbury. Um, and that can only be a good thing for the NRL I think that if he has that sort of mindset and takes that uh, into his new job then you know I think a lot of the media hype etc and, and media going after players um, on Greenbird's watch I think it's going to have it be played out a lot differently than what it has in the last well, few of course. seasons he's
0: a cover-up king.
1: I don't know why you bothered bringing this story up. It's just it sounds like <laughs> he's your fucking he's, he's, Twitter profile for the last two three seasons.
0: He's a cover-up king. Uh delivered nothing. The club's in a shambles at the moment and I think it's really hilarious that people will say, you know, that um oh, the board at Manly's this and the board at Manly's that and and you know and and um you know the GM at Manly, oh, you know, he's um you know Dave Perry, he's oh, he's he's terrible. Let me tell you. Quite frankly, Dave there's a Perry. lot of manly people saying that too. Dave Dave Perry. Bullshit. Dave Perry. Fucking bullshit. <coughs> Dave Perry. Turns out that he actually managed to uh, handle Des Hasler a lot better than uh, poor old um, Greenberg did. And uh, now Greenberg's tail between the legs uh, bailing out because he uh, can't deal with the monster that he brought over. Oh, fucking hell. You are a disgrace. Doggies were warned. Doggies fans were warned. I
1: remember in the wash up after Des left... There was a lot of Manly people gunning for for the board and for the CEO of Manly.
0: That was just people who you know listened to the, the stuff. That was that was the stuff that was basically you know put filtered out through the media, and people who didn't know the facts would just like you know just harp and repeat whatever they heard from the media. That's all it was.
1: I just wish your voice would go, because I'm sick of talking to you already. Oh, you just fuck very off. Very early days, yes.
0: So yeah, so Greenberg, um, just just in summary, cover up King. It he might help the NRL out very well with the Asada thing who knows I mean you know he's probably that's you know part of his brief probably cover up the Asada stuff oh. when it lands um, just like you did with Barber and the rest of it and um, and everything else that happens at the Dogs and uh, yeah the end I feel sorry for you why let's move on
1: because you're a bitter
0: it's repugnant just, person the, the thing is you're th- you're talking you're talking about him like you know, he's some great operator let's look at his last 12 months for example presided over the the Mad Monday situation Fucking debacle with you know sexist and you know remarks and and the rest of it you know targeted female media members, um, the barber situation as well, um, you know the, the stuff in the background you know with all the other players you know players looking to leave, um, which is all rumor. He's going to bail. He'll be, he'll bail in three months and then and you know, then he can sort of wash his hands of it. And so you know it's a good move like a good an excellent business move Can we move, move on to annoy me now? City country is fucked. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> the Country Rugby League has scrapped plans to take next year's City Country Clash to Broken Hill in fear of a repeat of the disappointing crowd that turned up at Coffs Harbour on Sunday. The unflattering crowd of 4,635 has again raised questions about the legitimacy of the game and the importance of the fixture, especially after the Australian National Balloon Championships at Canowindra on the same weekend drew three times as many people. Fucking (laughs) what? I know, I know. The match is locked in as part of the game's television rights deal for the next four years. Jamal, Idris just showed up to the wrong show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we can't eat balloons. And has been earmarked to be played in Broken Hill next year. But after the poor attendance in Coffs Harbour, the CRL has decided against experimenting in uncharted territory. We're thinking about Broken Hill, but we won't go to Broken Hill now. We'll have to go somewhere that's a guaranteed success. It's again, we're going to Broken Hill on the back of a crowd at Coff's Harbour. But if we got ten thousand in Coff's Harbour it would have been a different story. We certainly won't be going there now. Um Yeah, I mean the crowd What's was, the
1: capacity of Coff's Harbour uh stadium?
0: I'm not sure what the capacity was, but if they had have got around ten thousand they would have been happy with it and now they're trying there's the big Where thing the fuck has been why
1: didn't they play it at the big banana, mind you?
0: How big's Coff's Harbour? I mean surely it's only like five minutes walk from the big banana to anywhere else in Coff's Harbour.
1: Didn't see any fucking touristy type snapshots during the coverage of the Big Banana. I mean, try to promote the place.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's more to Harbour than the Big Banana.
1: Like fucking what?
0: Pine a harbour harbour, maybe? Sorry? Pineapples. they sell, They got pineapple fields. I'm just trying to think like of what like happens it. when you drive through there. Um, my cousin owns a cafe like down the just jetty. just filled with
1: fucking fruit salad.
0: The jetty cafe down there, my cousin owns that. Uh, that's it. That's all there is to cost. <laughs> um... So they're saying that, you know, they're blaming on a couple of things. Um, a minor The balloon show? Yeah, well, the balloon show clearly fucking pillaged all the fans, but also the lack of star power like uh, Brett Stewart, Robbie Farah, Mitchell Pearce, and Josh Reynolds ruled out by the clubs. But also, this is the biggest one that they seem to be harping on the most, is the cost of tickets. Mm. They're priced $30 for general admission to $50 for grandstand seats. And I also heard that there was, uh, not for general public sales, but for member sales, there were $60 tickets as well.
1: You know where, what else is expensive in cost,
0: The fucking big banana.
1: You can't go to the big banana and the football.
0: How much does the big banana cost?
1: Have you ever walked through their touristy knick-knack shop? It's a fucking no. death trap. Yeah, got, you, you could send yourself bankrupt in this. I think I've
0: got a chocolate-coated banana. Oh, how good is that? It's not bad. It's anyway, not- you got me distracted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: look, I am all for the city country concept and and taking the game um, out to the to the rural areas, but it needs to be supported and it needs to yeah. be backed up with with a view of um, the dem- demographic and the socio economic situation of the area that they take the game to. If you're taking it to Broken Hill or or fucking Coffs Harbour or, or whatever, there's not a um, there's not always going to be a great Deal of cash to be slapped around in those sorts of areas, That's it. and it, the, they need to be price conscious, um, especially when you look at you know some of their competitors and the, and the prices that you pay for their tickets to see um, very competitive matches.
0: That's and that, that those prices are more than you know it costs for a suburban NRL game. Mm. I only cost like twenty bucks to get a like, GA for Manly. And I guess
1: they they probably had the vision that they'd hike the prices up because it's a Representative game and a showpiece yeah, game, Yeah, so bullshit. It certainly was far from the spectacle they hoped it would be. Um, certainly, in the telecast and also ju- the profitability of it off the field uh, left a lot to be desired. I hope the concept stays, and I hope they're a little bit more shrewd and selective in where they send the game in the future, and, and it gets the support that it deserves.
0: Yeah, I think I I think the concept is you know it's historically significant, but I think it's shit and it's past it. But I do think that there's something needs to happen to involve, you know, the country. But even with the country team, I mean, you know, it's... They're all, you know, the NRL... I mean, why can't they do something to actually include, you know, actually country teams? But You know, take more games out. And I think they are going to do this next year. Um, take more games out to be actually played at country venues. And I don't mean country venues like, you know, Blue Tongue and Gosford. Like, you know, more like you know, actual, like mudgy, you know, places like that. You know, it's- where... Ed, well, you know, has ed has got. A, have they got a, an NRL standard ground? Riley Park. Yeah.
1: Back of John Willby Public School.
0: How many? And how many people would that seat comfortably? Sixty four. And and a general admission area of about two hundred and fifty.
1: Yep. Probably not the answer to the game's problems. <laughs> no,
0: probably not. But and this the and the ticket price thing is just that's just you know pigheadedness. I mean, what wouldn't you prefer to have? You know, twenty thousand people, you know, jammed in there paying ten bucks each. Well, rather, yeah, yeah exactly. rather rather than four, you know, four thousand people paying fifty you know, it's just ridiculous. It's
1: the age old story.
0: And that's and yeah, and that goes for, for NRL ones, you know, that that goes for yeah, it goes for everything, but I would assume that it's a no brainer to get more people in there at less price on the assumption that you're going to make more money on the concessions and merchandise and all the extra shit that they're gonna buy when they're in there. You know, exactly. you kinda of make yeah. You know, Anyway, this is, you know, what, our arguments aren't, aren't new. I mean, it's Make been the like tickets this for years. affordable. Yep. Keep
1: the merchandise the same price. Yep, yep. Which is fucking astronomical anyway. <laughs> but no one seems to amp up at that any other time. They sell a fuckload of merchandise. People get out there and buy their country jerseys and their country hats and you know, they might have a few city slickers that blow through town.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, I'm trying to find the first name of this uh, this gentleman here from the CRL who's uh, something Collie, Jock Collie, the CRL chairman. That's a country name. He um says something, you know, I don't know, it may be true, but it sounds ridiculous and a bit condescending to country people. But he said that also we have to look at the way that people buy tickets because country people don't buy things online. They go down to the news agency or the local... News agency or the local shops. You have to cater to what country people want. I I dare say there's many, many, many country people that would dispute that and would probably buy more stuff online than city people because... They don't they have, have the have shops to. to walk into. Yeah, exactly. They can't walk into like an Apple store or you know something like that. They'd have to buy it they online. Can, but they only well, sell apples. Oh well, yeah, it's actually like I forget. <laughs> yeah, like you know, there's, there's probably more more Apple stores per capita in Stanthorpe than there is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dragons. They're like
1: fucking Steve Jobs' dumb number on this place.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we only sell. Them, I mean, we only sell them like you know, in season, like six months a year. We only sell like, apples here. You keep your newfangled iPhones. Um, Dragons possibly setting themselves up to arsehole Steve Price, which is kind of strange because you know, even as you know, last week or the week before, Dragons won three in a row, and everyone's like, Oh, you know, he's kind of he was in trouble, but you know, the Dragons have had a dig in all the games this season, and the fact they've won three in a row has kind of you know maybe saved him, and you know, it's all coming together, but it's
1: only just changed the perception, yeah, it's still just as fucked as ever,
0: yeah. So, St. George Illawarra directors are set to discuss Brad Arthur. Super coach for Manly, as a possible no. replacement for Steve Price at a board meeting on Tuesday, but no decision on the coaching coaching job is expected. And You
1: thought you couldn't dislike St George anymore? They employ a coach,
0: fucking Manly, and like he's a genius. I mean, well, this, the, the worst the worst thing is he was also in the Storm as well, Arthur. He was in charge of the Storms um, tw- under twenty side, so apparently, could, he's, you, he could you have worked
1: it. at three less likable clubs? Then the Storm, Manly, and the Dragons. Oh West Tigers! Oh fucking please! We're the he people's could have been, champion. He could have been. He could have been. Champions
0: a, of the people. He could have been assistant coach to Terry Lamb, and you know, learn how to finger people up the ass. I mean, it's a skill everyone needs to learn, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, basically, uh, he's emerged as a contender to coach the Dragons next season because the Dragons have um, recruited Gareth Weddop and Joel Thompson. And he coached both of those guys when he was in charge of the Storm's under-20 team and has understood his manager, Chris Joel Orr. Thompson was a Storm junior. Yeah, yeah, they say. Well, at least in the under-20s. So, really? yeah. I, I wasn't aware until I read this either.
1: I know he's he's not a Melbourne product, but is he? Yeah, well, no, no. new no, I mean, the they would have made a phone.
0: Yeah, Fanua's the only Melbourne person to crack NRL level. Interesting. Very Interesting. So, um, yes, yeah, so Chris Orr uh, is said to have held preliminary discussions with Dragons management about the coaching job in 2014. So, Price's future has been under a cloud since uh, Peter Doust made an audacious bid to lure Craig Bellamy to the club before the ball had been kicked this season. However, Fairfax Media has been told that Price retains strong support among the players and directors would be reluctant to replace him with an untried coach such as Arthur.
1: Sheens will be the next St. George Illawarra coach. Really? And that's genius, my friend.
0: Really? I think genius desperate. Intense. The
1: Dragons are a desperate club. They're players are bewildered. So Price oh, is, is.
0: <laughs> Price is off contract at the uh, at the end of the season. And the move to sign Bellamy suggests he will be axed if the Dragons could find a better coach. But there's also a view that he deserves a chance with the new signings they've uh, grabbed. They've snared uh, Widop and Thompson, as we said. And they're also still apparently looking to uh, grab Josh Dugan. And uh, Rangy Chase from England. By well, the
1: end of the season, he's going to have as many jobs as he has chins.
0: <laughs> and uh, his ex- Chase is, on, on Chase, he's expected to join the club as soon as this week after Castleford Chief Executive Steve Gill announced they would not stand in his way if he's adamant about a move. Um, he declined to shed any lights on his plans following Castleford's 28-12 defeat by Leeds in Friday night's Tetley Cup Challenge tied headingly. I'm taking every day as it comes. It's out of my hands. While I'm here, I focus on my job because my teammates expect it. Well I dare say it is in your hands. You're the one looking to move. Yeah. And isn't it isn't it nice of the English is not it downright decent of the English clubs to always just be like coaches, players, it doesn't matter, there's like okay.
1: Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wanna leave? Yeah, right, eh? You'll be back. You'll be back.
0: Exactly. He's now um, coming back. Foie is getting suspended. He's the first person to be suspended under the... First NRL player to be suspended under the new tweaks to the shoulder charge rule. Now, um, the shoulder charge was obviously banned during the off season, but in recent weeks, they've widened the scope of the ban to include incidental contact as the result of the tackle. So, okay. yeah, he was facing two weeks on the sideline if he fought and lost uh, after so hitting...
1: So, uh, if he, he, he makes a tackle with his arms and then somewhere in the stands...
0: Someone two fans drops just a pie in excitement,
1: foot. bump each other, and someone drops a pie. Yeah,
0: Suspended. penalty. Suspended. Yeah, penalty suspension. He was going to get two weeks if he fought it's and incredible. lost, so he he took the week. And um, after hitting uh, Carlos Tumavave with his shoulder when he was playing for Tonga, Carlos. So this, you know, you know my feelings about the shoulder charge thing. Yes, I agree. There's a medical for it but I just think
1: well you agree with that now
0: <clears throat> well no I say there's a medical issue to people being hit in the head but I think a shoulder charge if it doesn't hit someone in the head just let it go and if you make contact to the head any contact to the head whether then you know, they don't have to be knocked out but if you you know treat it like any other head high tackle if they make contact to the head then come down on it hard but if it's just a shoulder, like his, was nothing. Like there was no head contact. No, that's right. There was no injury. There was there was nothing whatsoever. It was the most benign fucking thing you've ever seen in your life.
1: Penalty one week out, ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it, it shouldn't even be a penalty. And I'll and no one will ever change my mind on that rule because I mean at the end of the day, if there's head if there's contact to the head, then yes that's dangerous. Penalise and suspend the shit out of someone for doing it. But if there isn't, then do, because people can people can learn to do shoulder charges. They can learn to get down low and. You know, yeah. people will change the way they play if the rules are sort of you know severe enough. Yeah, because even a shot—it's I mean, it's getting it's a
1: little bit ridiculous. And it's they, ridiculous. they've also, you know, let's not forget—not just Chris Sandow, but other players—they've let a few go. Players yes, keep pushing the envelope, and then someone is going to get hurt.
0: Yeah, and blatant, blatant ones as well. So it's really inconsistently adjudicated as well. So yeah, you're right. Sucks. So fucking fix it. Recaps, okay, a very, very short week of action this week. Uh, Friday Night Football was, of course, the test match. The Anzac Test, Australia, 32, defeated the Kiwis, 12, down at Canberra Stadium, and a bumper crowd down there, 25,628. And I haven't gone back through the history books to look at the crowds running, but surely that's as big as it gets down there.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's much bigger capacity, is it? That's,
0: that's, that's massive in, in that ground. Yeah. Um, Kangaroos, their points came through tries to Cooper Cronk, Greg Inglis, Brett Morris, Luke Lewis, Darius Boyd, Justin Hodges, Cameron Smith, 4 of 6 on the conversions, and the Kiwis, 12 points came from tries to Josh Hoffman and Frank Pritchard, Sean Johnson, 2 of 2 on the conversions.
1: Look, Australia uh, asserted their authority early in that second half after going in at Mm -hmm. 6-all, and the Kiwis really... Um, had a glut of possession and, and probably should have put more points on the board than the one try they scored just before half time, but um coming out for the second half and, and the Kangaroos really asserted their dominance as I said and um led by Paul Gallon. Obviously I thought he had a great game. Um Luke Lewis just I think we spoke about it before we hit record, he's he just gets better the higher the level of footy that he plays. Yep. Uh, great clubman as you saw during his time at Penrith, and we're seeing evidence of it at Cronulla as well. But um, his origin performances have always, you know, been a level above, and, and then you, you put him in the test arena, and he's, um, he's always one of the best out there too. Um, yep. Just a fucking good footballer. And He's not yep. overawed by any, any occasion, as yep. you'd expect from a, a true Blue Westie. <laughs> Never intimidated.
0: <laughs> and there was a moment there where, you know, it was still a very close game, and then, you know, once Australia sort of broke their back with a try that, according to Twitter, if you believe Twitter, it was questionable. Where you know, I didn't really, you know, upon video referee, I didn't see any reason why they wouldn't have given the try. Um, but then once that happened, broke the shackles and Australia scored, uh, you know, numerous tries in a very quick period. And once again, the Kiwis folded like oh, they do look, mate, so often. It was
1: a tough ask for the Kiwis. that They are expected to uh, to beat the best side in the world without the best player in the world. Uh, Benji Marshall was out and it spilt, uh disaster for the Kiwis. Um, you know, had he been there, even, you know, with a busted toe. I dare say... He probably would have killed lesser men. Um,
0: Had he been there, the margin would have been greater just for the fact that he probably would have taken the goal kicking off Sean Johnson and it would have been eight points instead of 12 to the Kiwis.
1: (laughs) Uh, Look, it's, um, you know, we all know that Kiwis go better in longer tournament play rather than these one-off tests, um, you know, when they go into camp. Um, Kearney seems to be able to get the best out of them over over a longer period of time, but putting them together for f- four or five days with all the media commitments and running around that they, they do they don 't have a lot of time to gel um and Australia, the the nucleus of australia's side has, has been the same for a lot of years um you know the only, only real change has been Cooper Cronk, but he was fairly well groomed yep. um to come into the side um in once Darren Lockyer retired so um, just too good for the kangaroos.
0: Do you think that it's not that the Kiwis are in camp, you know, that gets the best out of them, but do you think that the longer a tournament-style campaign goes, the worse Billy Slater gets, so when it comes to the final, he has his, you know, one or two absolute mind-blowing fuck-ups that hand victory to the opposition?
1: <laughs> I find it hard hard to argue with that because you just YouTube something to show the, the facts of what you're talking about. So, um... <laughs> Look, they uh, they got a little bit of work to do. The Kiwis. Um, were,
0: well, they were they were very solid, um, and I mean, they were they had a lot of territory in possession in the late parts of that first half that they probably could have converted into more points and gone in ahead. You know, they could have gone in 18-6 ahead realistically, mm. and uh, if they had have done that, then maybe they you know might have had the heart to you know go on with it. But
1: might have even dragged Benji out <coughs> of the, out of the sta- out of the stands. He probably wasn't even there. Um, yeah, no, no. You know.
0: Hopping onto
1: the field like a warrior to try and help out his countrymen. (laughs) What about uh, Jason Nightingale's Harker? One of the best. The happiest fucking Harker you've ever seen.
0: I mean, I would love to go through player by player and give a review of their Harker styles. I think that the absolute winner every time of the Harker, always Isaac Luke. Benji does it better. No, fuck off. Benji is
1: by far the best hacker as far as New Zealand rugby league team goes.
0: No, no, no. Isaac Luke by far because he's actually tough as well. You know, Ben Benji's, I mean, like, you know, he's a studio hacker guy. He can't <laughs> he can't do he he can't he can't back it up. He's a you know he's a carry. Like, he's a karaoke hacker he's a karaoke guy. <laughs> um I mean Kieran Foran, he went pretty hard for a white dude. Oh, I thought. F- um but, uh, letters. Letters are sensational. He's the second best. Letters letters and uh I, I have to give it to you
1: on Isaac Luke only for the memory of those times where his eyes have rolled back in his yeah, head yeah and
0: he rolls his eyes back and the tongue's right out and he's just fantastic as good as you're going to see but then we get down we work our way down the line to, yeah, to poor old flossy Jason Nightingale <laughs> fucking hell the picture we had numerous people send us the, the, the photograph as well so thank you everyone who did it we'll put it on the website and Facebook because it was just brilliant but he looks like he's a, he's a backup dancer for Milli Vanilli <laughs> I mean, Massive <laughs> smile on his face, and he's waving. Or
1: in New Zealand, as they call them, Mully Vanully.
0: <laughs> Mully vanilla, and um, yeah, oh, he just that—that that was just so unfortunate. That, Shut that, Harker Brew. And and I remember when we watched it again uh, before we recorded. I I was watching him from the side angle when the, you know because they brought the camera around the front of them, and from the side he was going okay. So it was just so unfortunate for him that when they got around to that part and that one frame, and he's just got a smile. Oh, he's got a
1: smile on his face and he's waving hi to the camera.
0: And he's just yeah he he shall never he shall never live it down. You just know. But um although the game was it's you know there' was some we scored some good tries and everything, but there's just a real uh, it just didn't feel exciting to me. Even when we've it was We've dominated close. them, uh,
1: yeah. you know, other than, you know, a couple of flukish tournament plays off the back of Benji Marshall's mm. brilliance.
0: Um, Billy Slater fixes.
1: Tomato, tomato. Um, we've dominated them for my entire lifetime. Even yeah. harking back to the days where the Kiwis used to, you know, try and bash yeah, every yeah. Australian yeah. player. So it was just a pile of corpses on the field <laughs> and they still couldn't win. Um yeah, I, I think there's a feeling of inevitability about these one-off tests, especially, but also um, even the tournament play. Uh, it's always, you know, a, a massive shock, and and the coach is under pressure from if Australia loses. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, there's a, there's a feeling of expectation and inevitability about uh, the result for these sorts of games, and and this one was no different.
0: Yeah, because like I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like sucked into the game. Even at six all, I and mean, like you know, and the Kiwis are pressing and everything. It's like, you know, mm,
1: mm. oh, look at the distinct lack of, you know, the okay, distinct a lack game. of West Tigers uh, involvement in the game.
0: Funny you mention me that. What an excellent segue to the first tweet. Now, I think the the listeners were about as excited as this test match as everyone else. Was. there wasn't that many tweets. In fact, this weekend, I mean, good good work, guys. Had a weekend off. Come back hard for round seven. Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. He said the. Uh, Australia versus New Zealand match showed how the NRL comp is going. Storm players were solid, manly players were best, and Tigers were non-existent. And he's used up so I many characters. I hate that guy, eh? He's used so many characters up in his tweet that he's come out with a new hashtag, TID. <laughs>
1: that guy can get fucked. He's done nothing but absolutely bait me season after season. Fucking, it's time that guy was hunted down and put out of his misery.
0: I, I I don't I don't by feel. If I put out
1: of his misery, I mean, have his face stomped on until he stops sending tweets like that.
0: I, you know, I I don't think I've never seen a, a skerrick of misery in this guy. He's living a, a happy life, and um, and and he's living life the right way too. Those tweets tell me that. <laughs> at Mr Sports eighty three. So I was at the game tonight, and it was hard to tell for sure, but the Kiwis got job by the refs, right? Wrong. I don't believe so. There's a lot of bitching on Twitter about it. Ble-
1: there was a lot of bleating. Pardon the pun. These fucking people but, that uh, just
0: blame the ref all the time when they lose it just sucks. It's, uh, it's just ridiculous. It's really annoying, isn't it? Oh, it's just fucking you know terrible. when their team
1: loses fairly and squarely, and they're on the on, on the receiving end of, of a quite fucking quite a shellacking on the scoreboard, and all they want to do is bitch about the referees. I can't mean, abide it I cannot, no, you, you can't
0: I can't abide it I know it's so terrible you, stuff you went, one, you went one step too far because you knew I was saying it with a smile on my face the whole time yeah. but you went you one step you had that repugnant look on your face you went, you went one step too far then by the saying one. One. when they're getting a re- yeah. schlacking on school like, Mainly, don't get schlacking on school and maybe once in the last five years um, anyway Cruzeo 6 <laughs> do you want to revise that? <laughs> No, not the hands of West Tigers. I think you beat us by two or maybe four. Oh, I remember. Max, I
1: remember, I remember a field goal one.
0: And a field goal yeah. I reckon, I reckon. if you could be one point, could be a thousand points. If you if you added up all the West Tigers victory margins over Manly in the history of the West Tigers, it probably wouldn't amount to the victory margin the last time we played.
1: Anyway, what enlightening <laughs> piece of gold has Cruze got for us? <sighs>
0: This game is beginning to give the Knights versus Panthers game a run for Vuvuzela top rankings. Hash Snoresville. Oh, fucking hell. Un-Australian, that's because he's yes, Filipino. he is. <laughs> <laughs> He comes over here off the boat and eating up all our slow-cooked prime rib. <laughs> that's
1: a terribly racist call.
0: <laughs> it's true, though. You've seen how how much he's in Hogsbreaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I know. I mean, he was born here, though. In (laughs) Hogsbreath. So he loves it so much.
0: At B underscore Q star. Aussies are playing like a Tim Sheen's coach side. (laughs) (laughs) Ash Tigers in decline.
1: It's not even relevant anymore, you idiot.
0: Tell you what, the other night I went to Hogsbreath and I thought, I want to try and be... be, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and level up, and instead of getting the normal steak, I'll get a mega cut. Not the mega mega cut that our uh, bros would get, but the mega cut. Let me tell you, that's like half a cow. No. Could fucking move afterwards.
1: How 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 many grams?
0: Well, you got the normal one. It's like yay high. Four. It's nine. about double the height. And considering they're quite large Three, surface.
1: Six hundred gram? Seventy. Yeah,
0: maybe six hundred. <laughs> Please. Well, yeah. I mean, I say this is as, as you know, as someone who ate a, a ate a one kilo t bone a couple of years ago, which is fucking sensational. But, uh, yeah, step your right. game up, son. New South Wales, thirty six defeated Queensland twelve in How state good of, does it of origin. feel for you to say that? Nathan? Oh, magnificent! It must feel great. Magnificent. Uh, you know, the Queenslanders were ahead at time and New South Wales undaunted. They came back, held them scoreless in the second half, and just avalanched tries all over them.
1: And who were who the big names for New South Wales? Luke Lewis? Jennings.
0: Jennings. Jennings. George Jennings. George. Meet George <laughs> <a> Jennings. <laughs> Charlie Runciman got two tries. His brother, Michael. Michael Lichar got a try. Mitch Cornish, he got a double. And, uh, oh, the corn. Dylan, yeah, the corn star. And Dylan Walker, 4 of 7. So, you know, a bit of Benji-ish in there, but, you know, got enough. Queensland. Brandon Taggo, Anthony Milford with tries, and Anthony Milford also starring with two from two from the boot. So, um, magnificent State of Origin win in New South Wales. Two in a row. Good win for the kids. Two in a row, two good in good a row. for the kids. And uh, that's, that's the future.
1: Some quality players in there. And the size of this, I've spoken about it before, but the size of some of these Polynesian kids at, at the under 20 level, what the fuck? What have we been doing to our youth? What have we been feeding them? How does that happen? I don't remember when I was under 20, which was a fucking yep. long time ago. Yeah. I don't remember. Even kids that I went to school with, et cetera, Polynesian heritage, I don't rem- remember them being the size of that I am now Yeah. when they were fucking 12. Like they...
0: Mate, I remember there was a kid at my primary school called Tussie. And you caught him Cruzy, I said. And he was Yeah, when when I was in grade seven and he was in grade two, he was the size of Cruzie. Fucking And Jesus. he used to pick and he used to pick up like, you know, he used to be a thing like he defeats he defeats feats of strength, like picking up the biggest kids you could find and everything. Like he was enormous. But I mean I have to say I think, you know, I actually bumped into him. He was a bouncer at a club in the city and he's still he gigantic, was. like oh, absolute weapon. Um But yeah, I I think, you know, in my experience, um, when I was playing footy, we didn't come up a, didn't come up against as many Polynesian guys back then. We all know, you know Jackson like loves soccer. And yeah.
1: he's keen for a run at rugby league, but he's a little he's a little kid. Yeah. He's fast. But
0: He's got aggro
1: He's going to have to get tackled at some point, And he's probably going to have to make tackles.
0: Well, you know, you could do worse than showing uh, show footage of, you know, tubes, little guys taking oh. down the big guys. Could be a hero for him.
1: Should turn him off rugby league for
0: life. <laughs> I see see Jackson more as like a like a, a Travis Burns sort of character, like an angry little dude. <laughs> he's like, a fiery like, kid. Like he's not angry. He's not an angry kid by any means. But like, if he got like you know, if he if he took a hit, then he'd sort of get up and just dust himself off and be yeah. like, "All right, then." <laughs> <laughs> Came on, bitch. Yeah, next time he's fucking drill someone. Fucking, I tell you, the things
1: he's inherited from his mother is a disgrace. <laughs> absolute disgrace.
0: I tell you what, he's he's inherited um he's his Larry streak. <laughs> <laughs> I know where he got that from. Yeah, his mum. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, and we got one tweet based on this game. We got a couple actually, but um but they're all from the same person, so I just selected one. Cambo ninety six. Fuck yeah, New South Wales, hash two in a row, get that up your Queensland. And he put it L O L on the end though, so it is kinda you know, it's a fun joke to yeah you guys lap it up. It's a honest. fun joke to pretend that New South Wales can win origin games. Next, <laughs> Tonga 36 defeated Samoa 4, and I. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I would have thought going into this game Samoa would have been the more highly ranked team and then you would in have the international. Ben Roberts
1: was uh, yeah named in yeah, and, and In fact, thought, well, and that, I that
0: fact didn't escape our tweeters too. But we'll get to that. Um, same, obviously, this was uh, the game that followed the uh, the junior Origin game. So a good crowd, just over 10,000 there, and Tonga looked fucking sharp from the start they got 36 points to tries they had uh, a double to Langy and uh, we had Licky Licky he got a double as well Ueseli uh, got a try uh, Fanua got a double and uh, Lange backed up his two tries with uh, four goals from seven attempts Samoa uh, solitary points it was just a single try to Daniel Vito and um, <laughs> their, goal, their, their goal kicker was Ben Roberts too and he missed the conversion <laughs> of
1: course he did <laughs> I, I'd like to see more um, test matches between uh, the Pacific nations, obviously yep. uh, throw Fiji, PNG into the mix. Yep, um, and even New Zealand Maori. Yep, things like that. I think um, those boys deserve to represent their heritage as much as anyone from Australia or, or the you know the New Zealand. So yep. or England obviously throw them in. So hopefully it augurs well for a, a pretty competitive World Cup coming up. And um, geez, I they really did look sharp, Tonga.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm loving the the fact that, you know, this this might be just an impression, but um, I'm liking the fact that the uh, the sides that seem to be filled with you know far more NRL players yep. than previously, and it just raises the quality of it. I mean, eligibility rules. I mean, why not let guys who are past their origin periods or don't intend to represent. Mm. You know, anymore. Who cares if they play for Australia and New Zealand if they don't want to represent those anymore and they want to go back like guys like um like Brent Kite and uh, Matai. Uh, you know, uh, you know guys like that elect are electing to play for you know those sides.
1: Exactly. You know, rather and than yeah, I don't see an issue with it. I think international rugby league is is still a long way behind, even even uh, rugby union, um, and I think it, it, we need to get those. Um, less developed nations get their skills up, get the exposure up and um, the only way you can do that is with competitive test match play and yep. I think they need to probably also be thrown into the mix with Australia and New Zealand um, you know, more often than not and, and play more regular test matches. I know it does increase the workload on the best players in the world but um, you know, they, they all do have an obligation to the game that they all love um, to try and raise the profile. And I think w- with a bigger international profile, um, which would come off the back of, of the, you know, the Pacific nations, which would then flow on through England and all the rest of it. Um, a, a, and it makes for a much more competitive and entertaining World Cup. Um, it, it's only going to be a good thing.
0: But you would find as well that, um, that when players complain of their workload, it wouldn't be Tongan and Samoa, Samoan players.
1: No, those guys would play. Um, they'd play every day. They'd play seven times, seven times a week. Yeah, I mean, twice the, on Sunday.
0: the NRL players that you know do, 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 do represent Samoa and, and, and Tonga. They, they want to, you know, they want to play for them as well. And I mean, I think it's fine. You know, the people who bitch about the the workload are like, you know, you know, Origin players who then represent you know for Australia, and, that. and I mean, fair enough. That is, you know, that does add a lot of games and a lot of hard games, you know, to them in a season. But yeah. I mean, I agree 100%, get PNG in there, get Fiji in there. And if they could fill that, if they, you know, if they could fill the sides up with players of that heritage who are either past the origin and Australian representation or not there yet, or not there, why not let them? Exactly. People just get a bit... There's a lot of bitching about, like, eligibility and stuff, but honestly, I mean, you've got to look at the bigger picture for the game. Exactly. And, you know, if one of these guys then, you know, wants to elect to play for Queensland or something because, you know, they otherwise would be eligible, then, you know. Why not? Yeah, I mean, people just get too fucking bitchy about it. And speaking of bitchy, oh my God, were you following Twitter while this game was going on? Yes, yes I was. Because you're not on Twitter a lot these days, let's be fair. I'm very busy man, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a busy man too, but I make time for my people. Yeah, well,
1: I'm busy uh, putting legs on lounges and putting entertainment units together and Stayed up to eleven thirty last night putting fucking furniture together.
0: Don't buy it from Ikea, buy it from someone that puts it, it together from for you. IKEA, but <laughs> regardless
1: of where you buy furniture from, there's always uh, an assembly component. Um, even if it is just the fucking legs on a lounge suite and uh, I'm not the most uh technically gifted when it comes to assembling shit. So there's always mm-hmm. a tantrum involved. Um Yes, so uh I'll I'll be back.
0: I'll yep. be back.
1: And uh, lack of internet yeah at home is probably a little bit of an issue.
0: you' not been connected up yet I've got some some technical difficulties
1: in the fact that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It's probably more of a stupidity uh, difficulty rather than technical difficulty. Let me
0: guess that this is that's why I got invited <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Hook up my internets um see so yeah, people bitchy you on twitter fucking pull yourselves together for God's sakes. Both sides. Both sides of the arguments. I'm not even going to go into the arguments because there was all, races, oh, race is this and... <sighs> fucking hell. Settle the fuck down. It's just tiring. It was tiring to look at.
1: Just a bunch of people running on the fucking field. Get over yeah. it.
0: Yeah. It was, going to, it was going from the absolute start, though. It was going from before kickoff. Really? Yeah, yeah, because... Yeah. What a
1: disappointing... That's very disappointing in the fact that the game was quite a spectacle. I thought it was, uh, it was a an fairly entertaining, entertaining game, and yeah? tough game. And um, you know, deserved des- deserved some some great support. They're very passionate people and um probably didn't have a great deal of problems with the uh the guys running on the field, but I know that the, the issue of player safety is, is paramount and I can understand that rules are rules. Um, yeah, yeah. Good. I mean, with with all due respect, eh? Good luck stopping twelve thousand Polynesians from running on a fucking football field when you've got about seven security guards. Yeah, exactly. Each one and security you
0: know, guards were hugging the, the players yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Each
1: security guard is also of
0: Polynesian heritage. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he wasn't already on the field, he'd be running on two. It was just it was and it was really it was really strange for me because it was one of the first times there's been a massive argument on the internet and I wasn't either the instigator or involved somehow.
1: Yeah, because you're a cock. I was, you? no, I, yeah, no,
0: I was I was just sitting back and letting this one play out. At evil conspiracy. Surely, after the Tonga Samoa game finished, Glenn would have had no clean socks left in his house. <laughs> I
1: knew you were going to read that out.
0: <laughs> it's sensational, what not? And your and your response is?
1: I found some spare ones.
0: <laughs> Felt like you were putting your feet in the socks made of cardboard, but <laughs> <laughs> Shunter eighty six. <laughs> I
1: thought my socks were deep fried at one point. <laughs>
0: Shunter 86. Is Benji of Samoan or Tongan heritage? Pretty sure he won't be a New Zealander anymore.
1: Fuck off. He's the heart and soul of the New Zealand side. It only shows what a complete putz Stephen Kearney is.
0: <laughs> Shaboogan. A new drinking game. Every time Ben Roberts fucks up, take a drink, you'd be destroyed in 25 seconds. <laughs> and that's the truth. Who did we speak of in the past about a drinking game? I can't remember. Was it? Oh, way? Well there was a Chris, the Chris there's a Chris Bailey. It was some mistake prone gronk. I don't know. Brett Stewart. Moulton should be Moulton. Moulton should have one. Fucking please of Western drinking suburbs drinking would be just absolutely. I play late the to Tim Malton
1: drinking game every Tuesday when the motherfucker's named in the side. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, he would he would lay the Western suburbs to waste with you know. Every every time Tim Mons is named
1: him. in first grade, drink five bottles of bourbon.
0: <laughs> and then it might make the game bearable to sit through and his performance bearable to sit through. If
1: you're still in a coma by the time the game rolls around you're in fucking good shape.
0: And finally, country eighteen defeated City twelve. This one. Country's 18 points came from tries to Josh McCrone, Akawila Uwate, James McManus, Maloney 3 of 3. And City's 12 points came from tries to Adam Reynolds and Andrew Fafita. And a, two conversions from Adam Reynolds from two attempts. The biggest thing I got out of this game is that uh, Adam Reynolds needs to play
1: Origin. And I think it only goes to show, um, speaking of putts coaches... And he goes to show what a complete nafty Laurie Daly is in the fact that he's already publicly declared Mitchell Pearce as a certainty for the New South Wales number no. seven jersey. Um, Adam Reynolds is in far better form than Mitchell Pearce,
0: mm-hmm. um, and I think he's probably a tougher player. The one saving grace to the the Mitchell Pearce thing is that I think after the performance at the City Country game, I think James Maloney might have booked himself a spot. And the, you know, yep. the fact that they play together at club level might actually make Mitchell Pearce play better bit. than it might save him a little bit. But you know, I'd be happy to see Reynolds and Maloney. And if, honestly,
1: if, to be honest, I mean, if Maloney doesn't get the sixth, and Carney will get it, and he and Pierce also have a pre-existing relationship, albeit from a few seasons ago, <laughs> yeah, so but so fuck he's probably too, fucking they.
0: certainty. I mean, like they were the worst. They were they were the probably the difference in the series last year. Their lack of combination and lack of good play. True. But anyway, Laurie Daly's coaching this season. You've got no fucking hope. No hope whatsoever. But, um, you know, this game, was, it was probably closer than I thought. I thought Country would probably run away with it, and especially after they uh, jumped out to 12-0 lead. I thought that that's the way I sort of felt the game would go. In fact, I was almost going to put a bet on for 13+. plus. I'm glad I didn't, but I did have a bet on Country. And um, so that cashed nicely. But, yeah, I mean, once again, it's hard to sort of look back at this game and say, who impressed and who's going to get themselves an origin yeah, role the, because The it's argument not a,
1: of it being an origin trial is long dead in the water but, yeah. um, you know, I think it's probably a good hit out for guys that are, that are on the cusp of of finding some form um, with their clubs and, and they get amongst the, you know, a better echelon uh, or better quality of player um, in the camp and probably gets the best out of them when they go back to their clubs and I think that's probably the most positive aspect of yeah. the city-country clash. I don't know that it's... Um, it's ever going to be regarded as a, a true Origin trial as it once was. Um, I'm pretty sure Laurie Daly, um, you know, even if Ricky Stewart was still coaching, he would have a fair idea um, as to the bulk of the makeup of the, his yeah. side for for the Origin series. There's always the guys um, that you know. he 's always a bolter, like, but it's not. Yeah, it's not necessarily There's always the, the guys who, been, to, who
0: always perform though too. That yeah. you know, like you know that you know guys like Gallen and Greg Bird are always going to be there. You know, no matter what, it's their yeah. so-called origin
1: players. But well, you know, yeah. that was sullied a little bit the day Jamie Soward was picked for New South Wales. Yeah,
0: what were they thinking that year? Fucking Jesus! Anyway, so yeah. Um, Congratulations to the you country. thought it was a decent game. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't massively exciting, but you know, it was. It was a decent game. I mean, it always does mean more to the rednecks, though. Yeah, but to you know, know farmers. yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, and they're more like the the, the you know the spectators. I mean, because it's generally played in the country, issue, yeah. you know, yeah. But, you know, I've got to wonder how, you know, how country, you know, guys like Uate and, you know, Maloney, That now how much is it still in there, you know, running through their Uate's from
1: Fiji. I don't yeah. know that Fiji is a small town on the outskirts of Armadale or something. Fiji is
0: a country. It is. Therefore, he's eligible for the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> Magnificent. Uh, Twitter. Uh, and James McManus. <laughs> Yeah. Mind you. Scored a Scotland yeah. is also a country. Ock. <laughs> Ock. Um, Hammers, H4MMERZ. More people turn up to Titans, Panthers or Roosters games than Hash City Country. How embarrassment. Hash City Country in decline. And when you put it like that, yeah. 100%. Cambo96. He sent a few tweets through, so I just had to pick one out. Shit crowds Why do you mean, have to
1: pick one? Leave
0: them all out. Shit, crowd for city country. The people of Coffs Harbour got confused and thought the Bulldogs were backing down and fled. And it's the,
1: it's only because it was selling the Bulldogs. Uh, well, no, against, no, because every No,
0: because every tweet he did was a variation on on the that. Bulldogs gang yeah. sex. Yeah. So I just I just had picked one out because quite frankly, not many people were that interested in tweeting this weekend. <laughs> yeah, and I can understand why. I found it to be you know. So yet again, Cambo wins by default. 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 Berulius. Tim Gilbert, calling, reference to... Tim Gilbert calling City versus Country the final nail in the crack <laughs> of this game. And that is one thing. I mean, you know, people aren't interested in City Country. The fans weren't interested in turning up. And the commentators weren't interested in commentating. No. Nah. It was all around. It was just, uh, you know, it was just kind of second rate, wasn't Loaf it?
1: Left with the Cambo 96 of commentators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to I mean, fault.
0: Tim Gilbert, I mean, what does he, does he ever call any other games? Maybe Schoolboy?
1: He's a sideline eye at best.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but does he do like you know the Commonwealth Bank Cup sort of, you know, eye. whatever it is now? I mean, whatever the kids, you know, the high school comp is. I don't know. Sorry, yeah. but, but really yeah, I mean, stuff. I found uh, overall I found the whole the, the whole weekend of action. You know, there was a there was a little bit of you know like, inspirational or you know like you know for the minnows thing with the Tonga versus Samoa game. Um, you know, just some good try scored and test match, but just overall, I just found the whole weekend to be a bit meh, meh, exactly.
1: It's going to be great to see the West Tigers come back with an enthralling victory this weekend to
0: restore my faith in rugby league. You'll get your chance. You'll get your chance. Previews. Finally, back into action. Round 7, full round of action. And we've got another Thursday game, uh, obviously in uh, in aid of um, Anzac Day, public yes. holiday. Two have... up.
1: I'll be a little bit intoxicated watching this game.
0: Are you doing the dawn service? Yes, sir. Taking Jackson. Yes, sir. And Where is your dawn service going to be? Green Bay Carousel. What... Okay. How far is that from your place? That's far enough. From isn't the
1: it? new place, it's probably a good 20 minutes.
0: Okay. I'm sure I I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'm I know that there's um there's diggers around. I mean, let's face it. I live not far from Anzac Avenue. Mm. All these, and there's little memorials all up and down the road. So there's bound to be something reasonably close. So I'll head down there. Take the little fella down for his first one. Um, all right. Anyway, footy. The Roosters take on the Dragons uh, in the traditional Anzac Day Clash. Uh, this one is a Channel 9 game. And um, apparently it's going to be live, which is kind of unique.
1: Yeah, very much so. Dragons have dominated this. one seven in the last eight of these Anzac Day Clashes, regardless of how they've been going. Um in, in on the, yeah, but
0: the dragons have always been contender-ish sides. I mean, yes they would choke, but that didn't that doesn't mean that they weren't, you know, good through not on Earzek Day. Through the the you know, majority of the you know even when though even though when they were chokers and like they are chokers again, but don't get me wrong, but before the Wayne Bennett era they were still a finals bound side. So they're always okay, and the Roosters very up and down. Hmm. Um, they had that little blip you know where they got to the grand final, where they you know lost it to the, to the dragons, but then they you know they they followed that up with a pretty much a spoon, didn't they? Or close to a spoon, yes. and then they the year before that they were a spoon too. So. So anyway, Sonny Bill, well,
1: act day. Yeah. I mean,
0: the Kiwi, he's gonna storm it. He's gonna storm the dragons and score me a truckload of Supercoach points with any luck.
1: I've got no doubt that that'll happen.
0: I've seen news articles saying, quoting Dragons players, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, and I don't have it in front of me, saying that, oh, the Dragons are going to be wary of the Roosters bouncing back. Bouncing back from fucking what? They beat the Dogs 38 shit in their last game. What the fuck do they have to bounce back from?
1: They lost last Anzac Day game, maybe.
0: The Dragons are fucking dreaming if they think they're going into this game as favourites.
1: Well the Dragons. I and when mean, they're last, they, you know, they beat a gallant West Tigers outfit uh, in their last match. Um, severely undermanned West Tigers, I might add. Missing the best player in the world,
0: Benji Marshall. I just want to tell you um, that if you go to the dictionary.com on your iPad there and look up the word gallant, it is not a synonym for hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> Despite what you may think. I think the Roosters are going to buck the trend and uh, give the Dragons a bit of a touch-up. I think I flogged them. I mean, the dragons. Yeah, I mean they've Gallipoli style. Have you know they've had some. They eked out some wins against some real minnows. I just you know I don't think the dragons Before, have turned it around.
1: You know, managing to to limp home over a gallant West Tiger, severely <laughs> under man, missing the best player in the world. Whatever,
0: whatever gets you to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think I, the Roosters I, will be too strong. I, I think the Roosters can thirteen plus this easily. I don't think this is a game. To be honest, I agree. I don't know wh- where. No this is how,
1: from. I, I will give the Dragons. They do get up for this game, but I just don't think they've got it in them to to combat the the amount of points that the
0: Roosters have in them. Exactly, and the Roosters, you know, their defense has really turned around this year as well, and you know, their attack's good, and their attack's still yet to fully click, I think. Mm. But their defense is, you know, it's on point. So, um, yeah, you know, th- this is uh, this is their home game as well, and I I don't remember the statistic, but I think it's something in the vicinity of. 256 minutes without conceding a point or something like that at home. so Pretty impressive. Yeah, their defense is pretty good. And I mean, I'm not going to say that Dalian Stadium is by any means a, a, a home a fortress or a home ground that provides an advantage to the, the club playing out of there. But yeah, the wrists have got this easy. Okay, <clears throat> next up. Once again, also on Thursday. This one is Thursday night game. Uh, it's going to be on Fox Sports 1, 7 p.m., Melbourne Storm take on the New Zealand Warriors down there at Amy Park in Melbourne.
1: The Warriors have got up for this game as well the last couple well, of the seasons. the Warriors
0: are one of the only clubs that has a pretty good record in Melbourne versus mm. Melbourne. I mean, the Warriors of this year, are uh, certainly not yeah. the Warriors of, um, you know, many other years. Although, you know, with the Storm's run, they are probably closer to
1: a loss than, <laughs> than not, but... uh yeah. I don't know, I'm I'm probably tempted slightly to pick the Warriors but the the storm've just been a little bit too good and, and at home, um, you know, you'd have to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Based I on their record.
0: I mean, look at the Warriors side this year. Don't look at the paper, look at the results. The results have been um almost universally atrocious. There's never been anything that's happened this year so far the Warriors it gives me any hope about their ability to compete. And then the flip side is you look at the Storm, they're undefeated. Yeah. There's they've given me no reason, you know, why you know why would you tip against them? You know, until they play manly. You know, it's just ridiculous. So yeah. I'm inclined to say the Storm. Um, you know, the Warriors, as you said, they tend to get up for it. Uh but will that be enough? I think they, you know, the storm will just be too mechanical. The Warriors will make mistakes. The storm will capitalise upon those mistakes, and uh, that's going to be the story of the match. And I think the storm, you know, will win it pretty comfortably. I agree. Okay, a Friday night of football. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Brookvale Oval, the fortress. And it will be another fortress. They got a great crowd last time uh, they played uh, at the fortress, and this time I know I think pretty much all the actual allocated seating is uh it's been sold out for about a week. Um, I saw an email come through um, that junior passes you know where juniors get in for free or whatever with their you know if they play football um won't be accepted at this game. Such wow. as such as the ticket sales, basically it's it's kicking the kids out. Pay tickets True manly stuff. Yeah, and I and I mean fuck I don't, off kids, I don't not really, interested. I don't really agree with that because I mean <clears throat> I don't I don't think they're gonna you know, I don't think they're gonna feel it anyway, so what's the fucking harm letting, you know, a thousand kids in if it turns out to be that number?
1: Yeah, but a thousand kids that come with at least one parent.
0: Yeah, and yeah, well a parent has to pay, which is a good thing as well. But um the other thing as well, I mean, the flip side of that is uh, a membership for kids to get into every game at Brookvale, 30 bucks for a year. Really? Fucking value, man. It's good value. Get on it.
1: If it was going to watch anyone but Manly, I'd probably take up that offer.
0: In fact, it's, it's sensational. But I'd rather so,
1: fucking flush my 30 bucks down the toilet and pay fucking good money. Pay good money, Nathan, yeah. to go and watch Manly run around every fucking week. My
0: God. Yeah, every week. Every I remember when you paid week. good money to watch them run around the two thousand eleven grand final, you had a fucking ball. I paid you for, for the, the bourbon, I paid for the bourbon
1: on the bus. All the rest was just a a mere uh, inconvenience
0: on my day. Flight. Bus. Bourbons. Game. Lots of bourbons. After party at Brookvale. More bourbons at the leagues. Yes. Mimos. Fucking gold. Oh, Mimos.
1: <laughs> That's what I paid my money for. If you had bourbons throughout the day, and that fucking pizza. If you paid, if you paid, best uh, thing
0: ever. If you if you paid the thirty bucks for Jackson, say for example, to go to every Manly game, you could duck across the road to Mimos after every game. I'd be eight hundred kilo. <laughs> but you'd fucking love every minute. Anyway, on the game itself, um, this is uh, top to table clash uh, number two versus number three. Uh, sea Eagles head on for and against. Um, I think Manly gonna get it. There's a slight possibility, the slightest possibility that Glenn Stewart may return. Uh, David oh, Gower... said that the other week. David Gower, well, he was no actually... Nowhere to be seen. Well, he wasn't going to return the last game, but they, they the article came out and said he was going to return for the next game. And um, the thing... Then, then Manley came back and said, look, we're not going to rush him back. So, you know, when it happens, it happens. So there's probably a possibility that, you know, he might be a late inclusion. But at this stage, David Gower comes back to the side taking... Um, over from Nullavau, who's you know you've got a season-ending uh, Achilles tear. Yeah. So, um, stable I think the Rabbitohs failed
1: in their in their last quest to step up to the uh, to the top level of a premiership contender um, mm-hmm. against Melbourne, and I, I think they might struggle being at Brookvale. If this was a South home game, I probably t- tip South. Just don't think given their result against Melbourne, that they've got it in them to, um, to get up over Manly at Brookvale. If they do, it'll be a, a pretty impressive effort, um, and they'll shoot you know right back to the top of my chart as far as contenders go right behind the West Tigers. But um, <laughs> I just can't see them getting over Manly at Brookie. Yeah,
0: I, I, I don't rate South. I've been vocal about not rating them. Um, this is the big litmus test, I guess. I mean, you know, they can earn my respect with a win. Um, Inglis appears to be carrying some sort of injury, a hip injury or something like that. Um, he's he's going to play regardless, but how that affects him, don't know. Um, Sutton. South fans are loving Sutton this year. Well, he's a, he's a bunny for life. Yeah, he's a bunny for life. I mean, he's also got, a bra boy. I mean,
1: that yeah. life could be short... You know, <laughs> that lifespan's fairly... Could be short-lived. Now...
0: I still don't rate him. Reynolds, I rate very highly. But it's their forward pack. I mean, I think the forwards for Souths, you know, can really match Manly, um, if not have a slight advantage. Uh, so I think it's up to the Manly forwards to really stand up here. In the backs, though, take Inglis out of the equation. And in- injured Inglis, if we can contain him. Much like we contained Barber against the Dogs, I think uh, the backs will run right. I don't think guys like Bo Champion and Bryson Goodwin are the guys to really stand up and uh, and and take out Jamie Lyon and Steve Matai. No. I would all. agree with that. Um, so, I'm not going to say 13+. plus. I think 1-12, to 12, you know, be good result. 13+, plus, you know, it would be gravy. But, um, yeah, Seagull's the win for sure. Put them in your multi. The more you put on, the more you get back. Okay. North Queensland Cowboys take on the Canberra Raiders up at 1300 Smiles Stadium. I Fuck still yeah. can't say it without laughing. Uh, this one, of course, is a uh, uh, Saturday game. And it's um, going to be uh, an early Saturday game here. What is it? It's uh, 5.30. 5.30. The 5.30 Saturday game. And um, Matty Bowen returns to the Cowboys side. Yes. The Cowboys have really got to do something.
1: Their record at the moment is um, fairly befitting of the way they've been playing, but also fairly disgraceful. They would be the giving themselves
0: a, a C- for this season, At best so far.
1: Um, They really went into the season with with a lot of hype. There was a lot of people talking about them, about being serious contenders, and they've put nothing forward to to show that that is going to be even remotely the case. Um, I don't know that playing the Raiders is going to play them in any real sort of form. I think the style of play for the Raiders, especially now that um, is back in the fold, would probably give the Cowboys a few issues. Uh, Long kicking game, kicking to the corners, um... In trying to play field position, nothing too outrageous in attack. I think that probably suits um, any opposition playing the Cowboys. So um, Jonathan Thurston's going to have to be at the top of his game to get the Cowboys a win, and I think that might
0: just squeak home. All right, I win pretty easy. The Raiders aren't quite there yet. They've shown signs of improvement, but you know they've never been a travelling side. The North Queensland road trip is one of the longest and you know most arduous for a side. To deal with um, then, then you Canberra look. At- be getting, Canberra would be getting fairly cold at the moment.
1: Yeah, to yeah. go up there into to, towns where it's still nope. fairly humid.
0: They'll melt. Mm. Yeah, they'll wilt under the pressure of Jonathan Thurston carrying the side on his back again. Okay, now or oh, the matches around for some one West Tigers. Someone. Yeah, for for someone West Tigers versus Brisbane Broncos. I looked at the West Tigers uh,
1: season starts now. I think they get over. <laughs> Over the Brisbane Broncos, uh, who were fairly highly touted by anyone that knows anything about rugby league, um, you know, with the luminary such as Scott Prince in the side, uh, who'll be looking to have a, a big game against his former squad, but it'll be all to no avail with James Tedesco at fullback, um, Tim Moulton takes up his rightful place at number seven for the Tigers, uh, where he's got a pr- pretty impressive, and imposing record. Um, look, oh, I can't see anything
0: but a West Tigers uh, comprehensive, dominant victory. What can you tell me about Sean Spence? Oh, Spence, Spencer. That's a name. Calling. That's 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 a name that I don't think I've ever seen.
1: I have to say that uh, I know fuck all about Sean Spence, Nathan.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we look at the Tigers. Look at look at this backline. A backline that can, that includes players such as Joel to, Reddy. You only need to say one name. Joel Reddy, Blake Ashford, Matt Utah. That's yeah. a side that's just asking to get carved.
1: James Tedesco.
0: Yeah, um, now hot sauce. Know, was... I said
1: last episode that he's probably, you know, he's got a future containing, you know, three or four Delhi medals and multiple premierships. Um, I didn't see anything uh, during his representative debut to, to uh, change any of that. Um, I think he, he takes his rightful place in the side um, and will, you know, use his attacking prowess and, and, and general all-round brilliance to uh, steer the Tigers to victory.
0: Now, what was it with Curtis Irons? on the weekend? The, it looked like he was injured, but here he is now for the side, so it just wasn't as bad well, as it was previously if, thought?
1: Or? If James Tedesco is anything, Nathan, he's, he's, a, he's a champion. He's a hero. Uh, he'll play through pain. Um, he, you know, you could chop off both his limbs, he would play.
0: So you're trying to say he's like, he's Matai Jr., is that what you're trying to say? With heart,
1: though. Like, sort of like Matai, in that he runs well, the remember very the... hard, he's quite fast and can make tackles. Remember his injury a when he
0: went down like he was in, That's the he only shot. That's
1: what, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying, I'm just saying James Tedesco has a heart. Steve Matai, there's an arsehole where his heart should be. That's all. That's all I'm
0: saying. <laughs> I just remember that time when he when um, when he, when he actually injured himself uh, last year. Went down like he was shot. Matai and, does and that. quite every... frankly, he probably was. Yeah, and, and Matai, Matai does that every game. but gets up and plays the game, scores some tries, lays it on, lays it on a few more tries, head highs a couple of guys, He's um, just fucking everywhere. I like, tell you,
1: I'm going to put money on uh, Curtis as first try scorer and uh, Tigers 13 plus. And if uh, you know, I'm not going to encourage you to put your house on it. But at the end of the day, if you put one house on the odds that you would get there, you probably have 14 houses by the end of it. That's all I'm saying. That's all. The I'm odds saying. you're
0: going to get if you put one house on it, you'd probably get 350 houses, <laughs> because that's what the odds are like and the way that gambling well,
1: that's works. Just it. That's why I know what punters want, Nathan. And they want tips where they can make 13 houses or 350 houses, as it were, out of one house. Because I know what punters want.
0: And the way that gambling works Hash is fuck off Glenn. the odds are bigger, the more unlikely it is for something to happen. And Tigers win, very, very unlikely. But then, you know, to talk about them you know, scoring first, come on. I think, you know, someone like Josh Hoffman's probably a better option for first try scorer, just quietly. Or you know, or Sam Thide, I mean, because let's face it, the Tigers are bustable all over the park. West you don't have to go wide; march. just go straight up the centre.
1: The West Tigers begin their march to their premiership destiny in this game by making a, a, a fairly horrible example of the Brisbane Broncos.
0: <laughs> Look, I hope I hope they do win. I love seeing the Broncos lose more than I like seeing the, the Tigers lose. So. You know, I really hope you're right. Okay, next up, Gold Coast Titans taking on the Newcastle Knights at Skilled Park, Robina. This one is the Sunday early game, 2 p.m. game. And, well, you know, I guess the, another test for the Titans. I had a look at the... This is the closest game of the round, I think, as far as gambling is concerned, or maybe second closest. But, you know, <clears throat> the Knights haven't been going that bad. I mean, they've kind of look like, you know, they may be even, you know, thinking of... Adapting to, you know, Benny Ball and starting to play with some consistency.
1: Not as uh, quickly as we would have thought, but they're slowly getting there.
0: Yeah, I mean, they didn't look great in their last start, but they still managed to jag a win. Um, Titans, you know, they, despite some injuries, they still seem to be able to find a way to win. And uh, after being, you know, horribly destroyed by the Broncos, the jet would have hurt. And and beating, dealing with Manly.
1: Um, that flew. Titans are at months home. Months ago. Aiden
0: Caesars back in the side.
1: I'm, I'm going
0: to tip the Titans here. I think I've I put my tips in a couple of days ago, um, just so I didn't forget, and I think I've tipped the Titans with no real confidence. This is one of two games, this round, that I'm, I'm Based not on sure Knight's about.
1: last upstart, um, I'm going to go with the Titans.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really have anything to base it on, but I think I'm going with the Titans as well. Um, it's certainly not because it's a home game. Um, it's certainly not because I really rate the Titans. It's just the Knights are just... You just don't know what you're yeah, going to get. They're too hard to pick. I mean, you know, will you know some of their guys start to fire, you know, after being buoyed by the, the representative, you know, weekend? Like uh, McManus, Boyd, you know, played Uate, of course, and he looked good as well, so he might try and force his way back into the Origin side. Um, you know, I just, I just don't know. I mean, look, looking at the size on paper it seems like a no brainer that that you know the knights would, would get this one but the titans have you know been defending well and playing you know more than the you know greater than the sum of their parts and uh yeah i have a feeling that i've tipped the titans them, 1 to 12 i'm almost talking myself into tipping the knights here <laughs> i don't know to be to be advised I don't know, i'm not i'm going to have to go back and uh, really think that one through i think i think it's maybe the toughest one of the round okay next the cronulla Sutherland sharks taking on the canterbury bulldogs up at Blue Tongue. Is this the first time that the Sharkies have taken a game up there? I think,
1: oh, I'm not 100% sure, but no it doubt feels there's a few like dollars it, in it. Yeah. Sharkies
0: are fucking struggling financially. Well, I mean, I know, I know Tigers, uh, I'm not sure if you've taken games up there or if it's just because you happen to play Manly. When no, we, we take have them up taken there. games up there. Uh, rabbits, I know, take games up there. Dogs took one up there earlier in the season. So, Gee, they're getting a lot of football up there. I was getting a game a week at this rate.
1: Um, Todd Carney's been named in the side to come yep. back for the Sharks. Um, Chris Hyington playing off the interchange bench, uh, ruining the day every left the West Tigers. Um,
0: I have to say, I think the Sharks have got this. This is another one that's very close. I think in um, in betting, I think that the Sharks have been given one and a half points start. At least it was a couple of days ago when I looked at it. I think one and, was, and a half. Yeah, I think it's Bulldogs are minus 1.5. so obviously they're slight favourites for the match. Two point favourites, based on it's. This is all based on old shit, though. I mean, it's based on last year. These you know, these guys rating the Bulldogs. It's all based on last year. The Sharks in their last start uh, against um, the mighty manly seagulls. Uh, you know, you know they were massively assisted by the referees, but they still you know made a game of it, which is more than I thought they would. Um, doggies. What can you say? 38 nil, blasted out, destroyed by Sonny Bill and his gang. Uh, you know, you think they're going to bounce back, you think, but what's a bounce back for the Bulldogs in 2013? They haven't been good all season. Fair point. Sharky's 1-12. to Yeah, it just comes... It's, the, the problem I always have with tipping the Sharks, and I've had this problem forever in tipping the Sharks, I I'd never enjoy tipping them because they just don't show anything. They've never been a side that's possessed... Creative and sparkling attack. They've always been, even you know, take it back to as far back as two thousand and eight, two thousand and seven. They've always had okay defense and a more defensively oriented side. But coaches change, players change, and they still seem to struggle with the point scoring. Sure, Todd Carney
1: so, changes all that. Not to mention yeah. Bay Ryan, who learned everything there is to know at the West Tigers. As far as attack goes, um, Sharky's one twelve.
0: All right. I'm inclined to tip the Sharkies because, hey, fuck the Bulldogs. <laughs> Next. Penrith Panthers taking on the Parramatta Eels. Sentiment Stadium, Monday night foot, bitch. All right.
1: Have a go at the Panthers' backline.
0: Matthew Moylan making his first grade debut. Travis
1: Robinson. Lewis Brown, fair enough. Dean Vare. David Simmons. Tom Humble. Luke Walsh. Fuck me. What an ordinary backline. line. Uh, Eels... Jared Hayne, Jacob Loco, Chris Sandow, um, and the... Speedy, I guess is the word, rapidly improving Luke Kelly at 5'8". Luke Kelly's going good. Perfect for the unpredictability of of Chris Sandow in the halfback. Position Luke Kelly uh, steadies the ship, uh, very conservative sort of guy, good kicking game, builds pressure, good kick chase, um, and very good selective passing game. So... He he's uh, very impressive there at five eight, which makes the Eels this to sign Corey Norman. As I said a couple of weeks ago, um, even more strange because that kid um, different style of player to Norman, but I think he's every bit as good. It happened, I'm going to, to go with the all Eels the time
0: here. though, doesn't it? They unearth a, a a rookie who sort of comes good right at the time they you know they've gone in and out and tried to you know sign an experienced player as a replacement. Yeah, I'm going to that go with the player. Eels.
1: Um, I don't think the Panthers will have the points in them to get over. Parramatta. Um I like think Jared Hain and Chris Sandow Chris Sandow will um lead the way. He
0: was thirteen plus quite easily. The Panthers are they're just not a very good side and I just don't see him getting better. Tell you who is impressive for the Panthers is Adam Docker. Yeah.
1: Kid, kid can run, kid can put on a hit. Yep. Very impressive stuff from the young
0: man. I'm interested to see how this Moilan goes. Uh you know, I know that the Panthers fans on Twitter are quite excited to see him make his debut. Um, yeah, you know, Vare, he went he went quite well in the rep stuff on yeah. the weekend. I thought he went far better than I thought he would. I mean, I thought it was maybe a bit early to call him up and he was, you know, just almost called up by default because they didn't have anyone else they could draw on. Sure. But I thought he, you know, out of the Kiwis, I think he, he acquitted himself, you know, very well. Um, yeah, I just... When you compare the back lines, and Parramatta don't have the best back line in the world... But, gee, there's some key positions where they have it all over them. Yeah. Um, and even through the forwards, you've got um, yeah. Ben Smith, who's a very solid
1: defender and, and gives you some hard line running in, in attack. Uh, Rennie Matua, who's a, um, you know, a god. Um, and then Tim Manor in the front row. I think uh, up until the point where Ben Roberts comes on the field, I think Paramount is going to have their way with Penrith.
0: Yeah, that's the real, that's the real uh, you know, much like uh, games where Gidley's coming on You know, when Ben Roberts comes on, that could be the, you know, that's the real danger time for the Eels. But I think they'll win it, uh, you know, fairly comfortably. That is full time for episode 117. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, as you know, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit that like button and share our stuff and spread the word, basically. Do us a solid iTunes. Get amongst it. No reviews this week, so hit iTunes and give us a review if you have not already. And let's face it, I mean, you know what, we've got 200 fifty or something like that, maybe, you know, ratings and stuff like that. But that leaves a lot of people who haven't given us a review yet. So please, if you have the time, get on iTunes, look up this week in League, or look up in the you know, what's hot section or new and noteworthy. We'll be there somewhere and um throw us a review. Now tipping, no change to tipping or fantasy this week due to the rep weekend. So uh, rather than you know regurgitate what the you know the the placements were last week um Listen to last week's episode. It's exactly the same. But make sure you get your tips in. Make sure you get your team set for Super Coach, and get them all ready for this weekend. And finally, the shop. We still have some stock of the Revelation shirt, hats, and stubby coolers. Probably less shirts than the other two. Uh, so hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop because we're basically clearing that stuff out so we can get new stuff in, uh, and especially the shirts too. Um, you know, obviously, we've got a lot of ideas for shirts and things that we want to get uh, get going. And uh, yeah, the sooner we clear out the revelation stuff, the sooner we can get it going. And of course, if you spend over 50 bucks, we will throw in Stubby Cooler for free. <laughs> there's no better deal than that. It's a fantastic deal. And thanks to the people who've been buying the stuff too over the last couple of weeks. Appreciate Let's it. Let's
1: hope uh, there's plenty more to come. And don't forget when you are out repping, this week in league merch make sure you take a photo of it we put it up on Facebook or on Twitter mm-hmm. yeah exactly I want to see you guys out there in the streets uh, spreading the good love
0: exactly exactly and wearing our merch and you know also you know we want to we want to give away uh, you know from South Snapbacks you know we can give away something, something a month too so if we don't come up with a competition it's basically going to come down to whoever's repping the show the best over that month exactly and they get an NRL team hat of their choice so that's it Done. Done. Short episode. Short episode. Big weekend week fully coming week. up. Yep.
1: Can't wait to see the uh, the West Tigers get things started for real and uh, stop kick, stop kicking cans. Start taking shit seriously. Start dominating as they're expected to do by anyone that knows anything about rugby league.
0: <laughs> Who's on mushrooms at the time? <laughs> Honestly, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think the Tigers have much chance. Um, But I wish the best because they're playing the Broncos and I love to see the Broncos lose. Excellent. So I wish you the best. I'm going for the Tigers. Thank you. But not financially with my tipping money or my betting money. (laughs) But, you know, and I guess, you know, I don't want my multi to fall over then because the Tigers winning. So I guess after all that, I'm probably not going for them after all. (laughs) Time for me to leave.